0: Leaving a Legacy is brought to you by HipstersOfTheCoast.com and can be found on the Top Deck app every Friday. You can support the show directly at Patreon.com slash Leaving a Legacy.
1: Magic is power.
2: Like, there's a lot of people like me where I just know that I'm going to play Legacy uh, for, like, basically the rest of my life. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Leaving a Legacy. My name is Patrick.
0: I'm your legacy newbie, and with me this week, as always, Mister Jerry. Lee. What's up, Jerry?
1: Not much, Pat. It's a scorcher. Ooh, it was warm today. How hot was it?
0: It was pretty hot. Oh, you're asking me to set you up? <laughs> How hot was it, Jerry?
1: No, I don't actually have a follow-up to this. I oh, okay. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just being stereotypical, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was. Uh, it was warm. I was outside today working, and uh, it was. It was a warm day today. Damn, a bunch of places are getting like closed for heat. Oh my gosh, people need this nut up, man. That's ridiculous.
1: I mean, not not in Boston, but in like Seattle. Apparently, was
0: like oh, start- that's well, they're over hundred, deg- like one hundred and ten degrees, which is which is understandable. Uh, yeah,
1: Seattle was getting close to like hundred and twenty degrees. Like that is insane. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> when when you're when you're like at like a smoke, you know, like a like a smoker style of, uh, of heat, <laughs> yeah. you can basically put a brisket out and have it done by the end of the day. It's probably uh, time to, uh, to turn it in, for sure.
1: Speaking of, I had brisket on Saturday, and it was Ooh, amazing.
0: I do love brisket, man. I do love brisket. Actually, my coworker made some beef jerky. He has, like, a Trigger grill, so he'll, like, smoke some beef jerky on there and then bring it in for the coworkers, and it was pretty good.
1: You know, when they say uh, you are what you eat, you, you're you not actually expecting to be slow cooked just in nature. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, it was, it was warm today. It was warm today, for sure. For sure. Definitely. Uh,
1: but that's, that's nice. You get any uh, cards in this week?
0: Uh yeah, I got another shipment from my buddy uh from my buddy Roland. So I, I have Blue Red Delver all up to date, which is awesome. Oh um, what,
1: what did you get? What did you uh add? Oh
0: just basically just getting like uh Ragavan <laughs> and a few other a cards. <laughs> and then uh a couple months ago I had I had my big shipment of all my time spiral remastered stuffs to to get all my stuff into old border. So it looks it looks pretty actually I have not opened the packages yet. They're both sitting on my bureau in my bedroom. So there could be nothing in there for all I know, or it could be a ton of cards. So, um, but I, I might pop them open this weekend. Cause we have, uh, we have some paper legacy coming up this weekend, Jerry.
1: Uh, we do. There is some paper uh, legacy going on this weekend. You want to plug that now, Pat?
0: Yeah. Uh, sorry. I didn't, uh, Jerry did not give me enough time to, uh, to segue into this. Uh, into you, you started
1: the segue. I just threw it back at you
0: <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair. You're a hundred percent right. If you, your <laughs> if,
1: you right. if you need some time, I, I, uh, I got a bunch of cards this weekend. This as well. Uh, I stopped by, uh, gaming, et cetera. And, uh, I, I picked up just a whole bunch of terrible, terrible cube cards that like, <laughs> I'm just like shaking my head as a legacy player for like, why am I getting uh Ramos, the dragon engine? <laughs> and it's because I'm finally, I'm finally getting my cube. Good to go. Now that, uh, quarantine is nice. over and we can start nice. doing, uh, some group events do some uh, in paper cubes
0: that's awesome um yeah i just wanted to min- mention uh so eric uh, dupuy he runs uh, eld's eld's time vault games in bellingham they're doing a legacy open on july 3rd I, I believe it starts at noon and um it's 50 bucks uh entry swiss elimination rounds and and prizes are 100% payout of entries as a credit store credit, to top eight. So Eric always runs uh, great events there. I've, I've enjoyed going there. Um, actually, I think the last, the last little bit of store credit there I put towards my booster box of um, time spiral I bought back when, when the set first came out. So, uh, but yeah, so definitely check it out. Um, it's, it's the third. So it's, you know, the day before the fourth, <laughs> which is the only point because it's the 4th of July, of course. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah. So, so check that out. I actually might try to make it down depending you, on what my schedule go? looks like. So, I I might go. My my dog's getting surgery uh, this Friday, so I might try to go on Saturday. It really depends on how things go. So
1: I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna try and make it. I haven't played in a. I mean, I did like FnM at gaming, etc., which is mm-hmm. awesome. It was great to you know feel the cardboard again. But I haven't played in like a comp rel tournament in like 18 months at this point. Mm-hmm.
0: I really haven't played any Magic almost since since march of 2020 like i've played a little bit I of know. paper webcam here and there so i know you, um, hate,
1: you hate the magic onlining and i the... just
0: can't do it man i can't do it so i'm um, i'm that's basically me saying i'm trying to i'm gonna try to get out there on saturday um and, and check it out for sure it should be awesome so sick hopefully i'll yeah. see you there that'd be dope that'd be dope um all right well let's not keep our guests waiting in the wings for too long jerry why don't you introduce our guest this week
1: yeah, I wanted to bring him on the cast. He uh, he messaged me, said he had uh, some pitchforks that he was sharpening, and so I'm like, all right, come on down, we'll form a posse. Uh, welcome to the cast, Eric Virgo. How are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing pretty well, Jerry. Thanks for having me on. Hell yeah. Uh,
1: for our listeners who haven't heard from you in a little bit, though, you were just on the, uh, the Natural Ones uh, podcast a couple weeks ago with us, but... No, it was Eternal Dirtles Oh, Eternal Dirtles, yes I'm
0: <laughs> Jerry, we do too many podcasts We we're do wrong. too
1: many podcasts, I can't keep them straight <laughs> uh, And in my head, I like knew exactly what I was talking about And I just my brain auto-filled the title So yeah. apologies to the Eternal Dirtles, bros But you were just on Eternal Dirtles uh, a couple weeks ago But for our l- listeners uh, who might not be as familiar with you uh, Give us kind of the rundown of uh, you know what you do in Magic
2: yeah, so I guess, uh, similar to a lot of people, my, I guess, relationship with Magic has waxed and waned a lot over the years. Um, and I have been primary, primarily like a legacy and vintage player uh, for, I don't know, maybe the last five plus years. Uh, and that's sort of what I was known for. Um, I was in the, the Northeast playing in sort of uh, that scene for a long time. Uh, like Jupiter Games was a big place that that I played at. Uh, and then I moved out to the West Coast for work in like 2014 uh, and played at like the Channel Fireball Game Center, that sort of thing. Uh, I had a pi- uh, podcast with Cyrus Corman Gill, uh, Top Down Legacy, uh, for a little while. That was uh, like absolutely wonderful. It was a really great experience. Uh, and then I actually moved to Austin, uh, Texas at the beginning of 2020, which pretty terrible timing. Uh, <laughs> yep. Uh, and I would say, you know, I haven't been super active in the, in the magic community over the last, you know, about two years. Um, but, you know, going on, I, honestly, going on the podcast uh, a couple of weeks ago on Eternal Dirtals, like really sort of like little lit a fire under my ass. Uh, and I was like really energized to get back in, you know, COVID's, you know, sort of coming to an end and, and that sort of thing. Paper was ha- you know starting to happen again. And yeah.
1: It kind of feels like uh you know springtime all the bears are uh you know coming out of their cave,
2: oh yeah man <laughs> oh, I'm ready to I'm ready to sling some cardboard, right
1: yeah, all the magic players are coming back. nature is healing, pat <laughs> <laughs> uh well awesome uh any any kind of top uh finishes to your name or any like deck that you're well known for
2: yeah, um I think sort of the only real notable finish that I had was. Uh, at Eternal Weekend one year, I ended up top eighting both Legacy and Vintage uh, in the same year, which was
1: which you are underselling. You are underselling that I believe that's a feat that or uh, a feat that only one or two other people have done.
2: So I I don't know if anyone else has done exactly or, yeah. that, but <laughs> the the, old... I, I know like Roland Chang had been uh, like the. The legacy champ and the vintage champ for like a day or, or something like that, but I, I, and there have been other people who have top baited both, but I, I don't know if anyone else has done it. And yeah, yeah, that was a very like interesting weekend for me because <laughs> I. I'll give you the the two minute synopsis. It's the last round of vintage, which is the first event. And I'm playing in a feature master area and Randy Bueller is like walking around in in these sorts of things. And he's like, hey, with the way like other people drew and that sort of stuff, like I I think you guys are playing for ninth. And I was like, all right. I mean, my my Twitter handle was night on breakers are like, I'll play for Tweet Equity, right? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so so I, I ended up winning and I was like, ah, all right, ninth place. And then they announced my name and I was super, super hyped. And <laughs> you know, I I didn't think I was gonna top eight. And I was like, all right, well, if I already registered for the legacy, like I paid for it, might as well show up and play. And I was playing Rugged Elver in Legacy. So the next day, I played against Eldrazi the first three rounds, which is a terrible matchup and I 3-0'd and I'm like that's it I'm top eight in this one too (laughs) and I just like I was just it was one of the few times in my life I was ever like in the zone playing magic and it just that was it, uh, and then I got crushed in the top eight for, 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 <laughs> for both of them. Just, just destroyed. I mean, I played terribly against Montolio. Like, I made like two game rule violations in our two very quick games. It, it was awful. <laughs> yeah,
1: as is the case. As is the
2: case. But, yeah, I was pretty nervous.
1: Yeah. but I mean, still top eighting, not just legacy, but also vintage at Eternal Weekend, arguably the most you know prestigious of Eternal uh, tournaments. Um, that's that's pretty big deal, so you definitely know your uh your chops, and you're very involved in the uh you know kind of the legacy history and the legacy community, yeah. So awesome. So, uh, I know you wanted to come on because Watsy once again making headlines and not in the best way. <laughs> uh, you actually mess- messaged us a couple days ago, and then I actually just saw today uh some article get posted. Uh, about how, I guess, Watsy did some partnership with Mr. Beast, the YouTube influencer, promising to give away like $100,000 for some competition and then just like ghosting on it.
2: <laughs> really? <laughs>
1: and then people are like, so who won? And Watsy's just like, yeah.
2: <laughs> I, <laughs> what? I, I, I actually haven't even heard about that. I... <laughs> what? Well, let, me, let me see if I can find it. Also, who's Mr. Beast?
0: He's like a YouTube personality. I only know the the name.
1: I knew him from the meme of like planting a million trees last year. Like it was like donate a dollar and like plant a tree or something like that. Yeah.
0: And so I'm seeing an article from today. Today's the 28th. Yeah. Uh, MCG players claim $50,000 prize for Mr. Beast challenge is still missing.
1: What? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I think I have this, uh, the same article Jimmy, Mr. Beast, Donaldson, and Wizard of the Coast Magic: The Gathering competition appear to have gone awry as no MTG player has emerged as the recipient of the prize money. <laughs> I,
2: I, wow. I'm, sens- I'm sensing a theme here, Jerry.
1: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that was something I saw pop up. But yeah, what I don't want to steal your thunder, Eric. Uh, what what was uh, kind of your gr- grinding your gears?
2: So I, I think. Uh, Many legacy and and or vintage players might not be aware of this because they just don't pay attention to these sorts of things. But for the 2021 World Championships, uh, Wizards of the Coast had uh, publicly committed there being a million dollar prize pool for a a 24 person tournament. Uh, And just recently, uh, a little over a week ago, they announced that the prize support was being reduced from a million dollars to two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. And that is a big That's a big chop. So yeah. you know the EV for the tournament goes down by seventy-five percent, right? And it's I guess I don't even know what the the actual numbers are, but it goes for some, something over like a little a little over forty thousand dollars to a little over I guess ten thousand dollars at that point, right? Which is just a huge reduction in potential salary, yep. and it is in my eyes nothing short of stealing money from people. Um, from what I understand, that the like. There's probably no legal recourse involved for the players, but it's obviously terrible optics. Um, I, you know, I've tried to look into it a little bit more, but like I'm not a lawyer, I, I don't understand like w- public commitments and these sorts of things. But mm-hmm. you know, it just it, it's terrible. And Wansi has been doing stuff like this for a really long time, but for me, this is this is just the last straw. Like I, I can't take it anymore. Um, and there, a big reason for that is because. This personally affects friends of mine. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'm I'm not going to name names and just because I want to protect their uh, anonymity, but like they made changes to their life in pursuit of trying to qualify for Worlds, and uh, a large part of that was the prize pool attached to Mm it—a million dollars, three hundred thousand dollars to the first first first-person player—is a huge, huge sum of money. That's life-changing money for you know basically everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And they made sacrifices as a result of it. And now, Wizards is basically pulling back on that promise, and it's just unacceptable in my eyes. Like, I I can't sit idly by and like support a company anymore that that does this. You know,
0: but was there an announcement made as to like the reason, or did they say anything about it, or did they just change the prize pool without an announcement?
2: So they they made it, the announcement uh, sort of. It, like at the same time as they made uh, like 10 other announcements mm-hmm. that day. I, I, I don't know. That's what how Jackson they do it. Is. That's how yeah, they do it. Yeah. It was just bar- one they buried in
1: the fine print. <laughs> I,
2: oh, I mean, I, I know there was a joke, but that's basically what happened. There was a very long article announcing changes to organized play and these sorts of things. They announced seven new secret layer products. Seven. Okay. Side note, two of those secret layer products are the 10 Signets. So instead of just doing all 10 Signets in one secret layer, they're doing... Five and in, five in one, five and other. It's like, it's just the most unbelievable cash grab. Like yeah. it, something like that. So uh, yeah, it got stuck in an announcement and I don't think they provided any real reasoning for it. The sort of uh, logic behind it is that they're like really like ending, you know, they're ending the NPL. They're making serious pullbacks to like pro level organized play. And quite frankly, I think there's a different, discussion to be had regarding that I think you can probably predict how I feel, Mm -hmm. but you know, the, the fact that they move the prize pool from a million dollars to 250,000 is a separate issue and not coupled to the, the removal of organized play in my eyes. It's just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's evil. It's, it's awful. Um, And I, I know wizards has done a lot of stuff like this in the past, but I intentionally never commented on it publicly for a couple of different reasons, one of which is because I love doing commentary, mm-hmm. um, and I had actually done some commentary for Eternal Weekend uh, last year, the online Eternal Weekend that they had. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that was like an official Wizards-sponsored uh, event, right? So, like, it, it was done through Wizards of the Coast. So, obviously, they're not going to hire people to do that sort of stuff who are not in good standing with Potsy, right? And uh, you know, being incredibly critical of organized play they're, you know, they're, they're just not going to support that. Hmm. And then the the other thing is that like my career right now, um, is I basically do the job of the, like the magic development team at Watsi just for a completely different product line. And Hmm. I had always dreamed of going to work for Watsi because I love magic. And I think I would be pretty good at, doing that. And I was just like, I always wanted to keep that door open. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been critical of, of cards in the past and the way cards are designed and developed and these sorts of things, but being openly critical of their business practices is something I've always refrained from. And mm-hmm. I just don't give a shit anymore. Cause this is unacceptable. Like I'm willing to just go out there and say like, fuck you, this yeah. is, this is terrible. And I hope there's legal recourse for the people involved because quite frankly, like they deserved to be punished for this. in my opinion.
0: So I don't pay it. And this is not a knock against the pro scene at all. I just don't pay attention to the pro scene at all. It's just it doesn't really have any bearing on like what, you know, the way I interact with the game. Um, But I have heard like tangentially through like other podcasts that they've been like, you know, they made an announcement recently and I I might be getting the details of what mixed up, but like that they're, you know, cutting back on just like um, the professional scene in general because they haven't had any events in the last year, which like, course then like you have, no one's had any events like wizards hasn't allowed any stores to have events yada yada mm-hmm. yada so yeah man this just seems like another like awful like direction they're taking the pro scene man it's it's i feel like for the last like four or five years it's just gotten worse and worse and worse and worse like with them rebranding it from the, the pro tour to the they changed it to, like the mythic championships and then they changed it again yeah. and uh, they're,
1: they're phasing it out like there's not going to be a pro tour or anything well, like that in a couple
0: of years cert- it's my- I, it seems to me like it, it i mean again this is not this has nothing to do with eric's point here but I just kind of tang- tangentially it seems to me like they might be going towards arena but like i just saw an announcement today that uh that someone leaked about nerfed cards someone who is uh i don't know if they're connected to Watsy or whatever but like they're nerfing some cards in arena like they do in others other um other games so like i saw Field of the Dead and Oka was on the list, and a, and um uh a few others. I actually took a screen grab of it because I wanted to talk about it, but um well,
2: I I hadn't heard that.
1: Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, I was... don't
0: know how reliable the you know the the yeah. person who lo- leaked it was Stephen Crokey, and I don't really know who he's linked to at Watzi, but like yeah, like Uro was on the list, Agent of Treachery is on the list, uh, Once Upon a is in the list. Um, it's nerf for the upcoming historic event it uh, is it, it, it i gotta say like if paper and and online play become unlinked and cards are functionally different like we're talking about a very different game here than what we have right now
2: yeah I, actually before commenting on that i think one of the things that i should probably do personally is just be extremely clear and precise about where my animosity and anger is pointed mm-hmm. so from what i understand both with the people I've talked to um, just in the past uh, and what I've been able to pick up on from context clues on, on social media and that sort of thing, the people who actually go through and design and make the cards are just an entirely separate entity than the people who make the decisions for organized play in these sorts of things. Yes. yes. And everything that we're talking about here is directed to the people who make the decisions about organized play and the things that surround that and that i want to be really clear about that because quite chris, frankly like chris we,
1: cox the ceo <laughs>
0: well yeah. is it though because like i i know like Hel- helen bergeau like uh got let go this is a few years ago now when she was released yeah. from watsi and she was the head of organized play like do we
2: have a person who's the head of organized play, play anymore is that they are an the actual bear- title
0: yeah,
1: like they, but didn't they,
2: she? Didn't she come back? Like, I think she was actually one of the people that announced the million dollar prize pool for the MPL. I might be incorrect on that. I, I'm okay. genuinely not sure. But th- like, the reason why I want to bring that up is because like, I actually, you know, I actually think the car design and development has been quite good over the last like year. There were obviously some mistakes in the last couple of years. Basically, mm-hmm. War of the Spark through, uh. 2020 like, like Throne of Eldraine right I mean obviously yeah. that was a terrible time to be a magic player but Modern Horizons 2 I actually think they did a great job on it I'm mm-hmm. very very happy with that set by the way Dragon's Rage Channeler best card in the set <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> better than Delver of Secrets full stop oh man those
1: that are bold words <laughs> man I wish I wish the listeners could see Pat's face right now it looks like he just like sucked on a sour grape. <laughs>
0: But,
2: but, but, but anyway, a bold like, statement, I, I, I respect it, but it's bold a statement. That card is real, real good. But, hmm. but anyway, so like, yeah, I just wanted to make sure to like, to be extremely clear about that because like, you know, that that's, a, I think that's an important distinction to make because you can't just wholesale be upset at a company. And like, even going as far as the CEO is in my eyes unjustified because we don't know what's happening in those meeting rooms. Honestly, when you're the CEO of like Hasbro they they own so many other corporations. I, no, There's I one no hundred. I one hundred percent
1: guarantee Chris Cox is in, is behind the uh, shift towards more emphasis on arena because they grabbed him from sure. Xbox. He was a yeah. Halo guy, like, and that's why they brought him in as CEO. Is they wanted to go the more digital route, so
2: they brought in a digital
1: gaming expert.
2: Yeah, I think that's a totally valid claim to make, uh, just based on the information that we have, right? And, you know, even making the claim that, you know, he was uh, pushing for the the switch to arena is, is totally justified. But that doesn't Necessitate him also being like reduce the prize pool for worlds. Yeah, I don't don't. a million to two hundred fifty thousand or start you know treating our pros like shit. Right? He probably gives a strong direction to people under him at Wizards of the Coast, and then they uh, have to you know meet like what he's asking. And the only way to do that is by making these terrible decisions. My guess is that's much more likely what's going on.
1: My takeaway as far as like what's going on in the current state of Wizards is is. We just had quarantine, we just had lockdown, and there were no events. Theoretically, no one was playing Paper Magic, and yet Paper Magic still had one of its best sales years ever. And I I think the takeaway they took from that is like, oh, why are we putting all this money and support into organized play and in-person events when we can sell just as many Magic cards when there aren't any?
2: Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that's actually something that I I was like looking up in preparation for this. And over the last couple of years, they've had like double digit increases in year over year growth for for Magic specifically, and it's just that's an insane pace, right? Mm-hmm. That, I mean, you know, you, you just you cannot keep that up on a long time scale. So Magic has been doing incredibly well as of late, and I think you're you're probably 100% right. Like they're just making a business decision here And it says, and they're like, okay, we can still sell all these cards. We can charge people, what is it, like $8 a pack for Modern Horizons or something? Mm -hmm. And there's like eight different types
1: of, like I went to the store the other day and I'm like, oh, let me get a pack of Modern Horizons. Which one do you want? I'm like, what do you mean which one do you want? Do you want the draft pack? Do you want the regular pack? Do you want the collector's edition pack? Do you want the, I'm like. I don't know, <laughs> and it's like and now I don't want it
0: at
2: all. <laughs>
1: yeah, and it's like yeah. everything from like eight to forty dollars a pack, and I'm just yeah. like, what?
2: Yeah, <laughs> right. But like again, sort of going back to a point that I, was, I I brought up earlier, like you can justify all of the business decisions that they're making in terms of removing organized play and these sorts of things but that does not justify reducing the prize support for a tournament that you've already announced and yes. people have changed yeah, their it's lives scummy. for, right? right and it's, it's, it's worse than scummy. It's downright fucking evil in my opinion, yeah. okay? Yeah. And I, I just can't stand with it anymore. And basically I, I wanted to talk about what I'm going to do personally uh, as a result of this um, and basically try to ask other people to do the same thing um and you know there's modifications that you can make to it and all that sort of stuff but sort of before we get into that i was hoping to just um try to go through i would say an intellectually rigorous uh evaluation of like the stuff that we're talking about um because i think there are some valid criticisms of like the things that i'm saying and, and the things that i i feel right now the the biggest one is wizards has been doing shit like this for a long time they really have Right. I don't know if you guys remember, but Jerry Thompson protested the world championships a couple of years ago. And it was specifically because of the way Wizards was treating the pros. Mm -hmm. So people have been aware of this for a long time and people have been acting for it.
1: This isn't the first time they did it either, because I remember GP Niagara. uh, They originally advertised it as a $50,000 tournament. Then as it got closer, they cut it down to i think ten thousand dollars
0: something crazy yeah
1: and there was a whole bunch of uproar there was a huge stink raise on twitter and wizards ended up going back and the reason why they went back is because the legacy community put up such an uproar about it about wizards you know yank because they changed it like a couple weeks out like people had already bought flights people had already booked hotels you know it was way too late to make a major change like that
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just uh, almost like as an aside, with that scenario specifically, I I understand that, yes, like reducing the price support for an event like that does suck. But if you look at the EV for a legacy GP that you're going to fly to, you're you're already negative EV. Like even if like you you cash, like if you min cash or something like that beforehand, (laughs) like your expectation of doing well and making money at an event is, at a legacy GP is... Just it's not good, right? So I understand the sort of the, the criticism of making that switch at the last minute there, but at the end of the day, I, I would argue that it actually doesn't make that big of a deal for people. This that is uh, the exact opposite case for what we're talking about. We're talking about seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars being removed from twenty four people, right? So it, we're talking about just di- like. Multiple orders of magnitude difference in the uh, the EVs of those tournaments, and it's uh, you know it's it's just insane to me. Um, but sort of going back to what I was saying, like in a in a philosophical argument, basically what you do is you lay out an argument, you anticipate criticisms of that argument that you just made, and then you address those criticisms. Yeah. Um, and I think sort of the big criticism that I was talking about where it's like, people have been aware of this for years and like, I didn't do anything and I didn't do anything until it affected my friends, right? And that's a real criticism, mm-hmm. right? And it's a valid one in my opinion. And, and my response to that is, yeah, you're right. Like I like I felt upset about this sort of stuff years ago and I never did anything about it because I was interested in potentially working for Watsy or, you know, doing commentary for them in the future. And I think that's a mistake that I made and I'm willing to take that criticism wholesale and I, and I won't fight against it. But, uh, you know, they say that the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, quite frankly, that's, that's kind of what I'm doing. And Mm -hmm. it's really upsetting to me because this game has been a huge part of my life for 20 years, you know, um but you know basically what i'm doing moving forward is a couple of different things is i am no longer going to purchase newly printed magic cards so that's that's the first thing and the rationale behind that is wizards is going to pay to print cards um to basically meet the demand that they have and i am removing myself from that demand Um, it, you know, it's, it is a drop in the bucket, all things considered, but it does make a difference because quite frankly, I was one of their whales. I have spent a lot of money on magic cards over the years. Um, and sort of paired with that is, uh, I'll continue to support local game stores by purchasing cards that have already been printed up to this point. And sort of the reasoning behind that is these cards have already been printed and uh, when I make a purchase in the in the secondary market, it none of that money makes it to WotC. Like mm-hmm. the money that's being used to purchase that card is not making it to Wizards. So I'll continue to do that so I can grow my old school or like my middle school collection and, and these sorts of things. Or if I want to build a cube and, and that sort of stuff. Um, and then the other thing is that I'm I'm not going to be playing on Magic Online anymore, where you know quite frankly I I spent money. Um, and it also means that I probably can't participate in organized play anymore because, you know, they just print a lot of really good cards. Now, <laughs> mm-hmm. if I want to have a chance in legacy and vintage, you, you know, you, you probably have to play with some of the new cards. Yeah. I don't know. You, you know, maybe I can show up to eternal weekend as with a, with a protest deck and, uh, <laughs> and not play uh, any cards that have been printed from this moment forward. But, you know, like essentially that's what I'm going to be doing in terms of my engagement, with Watsi. Mm-hmm. Um, but on top of that, uh, it, like all of that is it's it's me not doing stuff, right? Um, but there's more stuff that like I actually can do. And that comes in the form of supporting uh, people who are running non-sanctioned tournaments with proxies basically. And there's some of that happening right now, but the legacy and the vintage community, community are in a really unique position Um, To sort of be the flag bearers for that, because look, besides the collectability aspect of the cards, the only real reason to play with them is because they're required for sanctioned tournaments, right? Well, there's also—I mean, there's also like the investment and stuff, but I would put that under the umbrella of collectability. And there's no reason why we can't have high-quality competitive tournaments that are not that are not sanctioned and that. Mm allow proxies because look we're not going to make it to the pro tour you with, with legacy and vintage anyway. Mm -hmm. Right. So, you know, save the collectability aspect. I I think we can, we can sort of free ourselves from the, like the, the whole like structured organized play sort of thing. And I think there's opportunity for that. I know that Jeremy is running the hundred K and that sort of thing. Um, like the Romancing the Stones crew has a really popular series of mm-hmm. events down here in Texas. And there's other things around the country. And, you know, basically I'm asking people to do the same thing as me and just stop giving lots of your money. And the ras- sort of the rationale behind that is like, it's clearly the only thing that they care about. Mm-hmm. And if we can quote unquote vote with our wallets, maybe they'll change their ways Probably not, but maybe. Yeah, uh, I I, I would just say the counter that is like,
0: you know, one of the big issues is that clearly like legacy players and vintage players make up such a small segment of people who actually buy magic products that, you know, we are – It may be a drop in a bucket compared to like the other players, the casual players and commander players. Uh, I
1: mean, commander players are pissed off too. They have all sorts of issues and standard players. Of course, I think honestly, it's just nothing's going to change it until the system breaks. Like I think Watsi has already shifted completely from being a game company into being a collectible company Hmm. between them, just basically completely gutting organized play and then pushing the uh, secret layers and the alternate booster packs and all this like other stuff that's just shoved in our faces. Like I think we're well past the point of no return, and now it's just like holding on until the system breaks. And mm. eventually, it's just gonna it's gonna come crashing. Because like we said, you know, double digit growth year over year is just not sustainable. Like the bubble's going to pop eventually.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I feel very much the same way. It like from the outside looking in, it really feels like. Hasbro purchased WotC. They recognize that they have an opportunity to make a lot of money off of things like reprints, alternate card frames, these sorts of things. And they're basically just bleeding the cow right now. Right. And a couple of years from now, they're going to be trying to uh, squeeze water from a stone, I I think is what's going on. And I don't know what happens after that, but it doesn't look good.
0: Do you think, and this is kind of, again, uh, speculation, but, do you think that, that we're moving away from paper tournaments completely, like from from Watsi's perspective?
1: I think so, because Watts, like we said, Watsi doesn't get any money from the secondary market. Well, but the only paper well, tournament, if it was up to Watsi's point, like perspective, the only paper tournaments that would exist would be uh, drafts like you have to buy the booster pack to play.
2: <laughs> yeah i honestly pat to answer your question, I'm not sure mm. um because they had made public statements before about how tabletop play is never going anywhere, but quite frankly, we can't trust their public statements anymore
0: right no yeah obviously. about things yeah. so
2: so who the hell knows yeah um and the other thing is that you know those statements were made a number of years ago at this point, so mm-hmm. it's it's very i guess troubling to me like because I just don't know what the future of the game is yeah. um, from that, from that perspective. But one of the things that I am pretty confident about is that like people who play legacy, we're never going away. Right. Mm-hmm. Like I, I'm like, there's a lot of people like me where I just know that I'm going to play legacy uh, for like basically the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Right. And even if that, you know, even if wizards go on, goes under and they start, or they stop printing new cards, We'll have a rotating ban list, or whatever, mm-hmm. or we'll, co- you know, we'll have a, a council of people who come up with new cards that get injected to the format from time to time, and you know, all these sorts of things. Like, there's so many ways to enjoy the game and play the the formats that we love that don't involve WotC, and just moving forward, that's what I'm going to try to do as much as possible. Mm. Um, and it's really upsetting to sort of, like, sort of like like, I don't want to say break up with them because that implies that it's a two-way relationship. <laughs> and it's not. Right. Right? Um, it's, but, like break, you know, it's like
1: breaking up with your drug dealer.
2: <laughs> yes. That's a really, that's a really good way to say it. Yeah. It's like, so, sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm quitting cocaine. Um, so, you know, it's, it's really like sad that I feel like I have to do it, but I just, mm. I can't give them my money anymore. It, yeah. I just, I can't, I can't take it. And, uh, i I hope I can sort of energize and encourage people to to feel similarly about it um yeah hmm.
1: we're we'll see I mean, I still think they're they have enough gas in the tank to coast them for for a couple of years I'd say
2: oh absolutely there's still huge unpa- untapped potential and the amount of in like the reprints that they can do um and there's you know still an, an enormous amount of design space left for new cards there's just. Hmm. A, like there's, there's just so many different ways to to make new cards and and that sort of thing and IP that they haven't purchased yet, all these sorts of things.
1: I <laughs> my, my tipping point when I know that they've just completely jumped the shark is when they do reprint the dual lands because mm. they will. It's just a matter of you know how how much they need those quarterly profits to go up. But mm-hmm. when those dual lands get printed, I'm like, all right, beginning of the end. Here yeah. we go. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I can't say that I to with that. All right, now. Is the intention of the pro like the pro scene is it to essentially phase it out? Is that what they're doing essentially
2: they haven't been super explicit about like they what can't... they're doing from mm. like uh, a long like uh, like a ten thousand foot view. They basically mm-hmm. just said we're removing the MPL it's going to get replaced with they're basically saying we're removing the mpl we're not saying that it's not going to get replaced with anything. We're not saying like what it's going to get replaced with and that's yeah. Gonna... They're leaving it very open-ended.
0: That's got to be frustrating for people who have been part of that system for so long. And I I just, I also remember vaguely like people being upset that the MPL even became a thing because, you know, like there was the pro tour where, where you had to earn your way in and then they they changed to the MPL where you had a certain amount of competitors and then they started giving out invites to the MPL based on nebulous qualifications, <laughs> yeah. like yeah, so, so like and, not,
2: not merit based, and exactly,
0: yeah. exactly, and you know the, the the we've gotten into some really interesting. It's um, the best way to put it. Um, there's been some interesting ways that they've justified changing the structure of the pro tour as it is and, and as it is now. Um, yeah, and- that hasn't been about. It's been less about the game and more about. Um, Making like a, like, seems like sometimes they're trying to make like a statement, like a social statement, which I don't think has been good for the, the pro scene
2: or the game for either of those things, to be honest with you. So just, you sort of made two two things that I'm, I guess I'd be happy to comment on. The first is like, people were were upset with the NPL being created in general, and I, I actually thought it was a, a pretty good faith attempt from Watsi to establish a pro scene and do it in a way where um people could live their lives and focus on magic because if you want to be look if you want to be a top level magic pro you have to play all the time Mm -hmm. you have to stay on top of the metagame all of these sorts of things and quite frankly there's just there just wasn't a sustainable model for doing that for a Mm -hmm. long time i think when if you look into the details of how they executed on it they weren't great and there's been endless amounts of commentary on that already to the second point that you made about there being invites that were not perfectly merit based. I am actually a lot more sympathetic than most when talking about this, hmm. it definitely, I would say left a little bit of a sour taste in my mouth when, you know, those invites got announced. Um, but the reality is is that you can't have like a perfect meritocracy if you don't have a quality of opportunity, uh, to begin with, and the mm. quality of opportunity does not exist right now. And uh, I, mm. I,
0: I like. Does the quality of opportunity exist in any competitive sport,
2: any competitive, any competition? No. And I think that's a problem. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, like, mm. especially when we're talking about like, you know, sports and stuff like that, like, yeah, there's people who are bigger, faster, stronger, and taller, and they're going to have mm. a pet- competitive advantage. Mm-hmm. But with something like magic specifically, it's an expensive game and mm. it's, uh, it's, generally a leisure hobby where you have to be in an environment that you have excess money and excess time to be able to devote to magic. Right. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that it disproportionately allows uh, people to have opportunities to, to like play magic. And quite frankly, I'm talking about like, you know, white men in general, just the numbers say that they have more opportunities to do these sorts of things. Um, so I would argue that there isn't, uh, a perfect equality of opportunity, which means you can't have a true meritocracy. And look, I, again, it, like it did leave a sour taste in my mouth when I saw, you know, those people who get invited, who like had pretty terrible pro tour results or mm-hmm. hadn't been to the pro tour and that sort of thing. But, but they also
0: things- like it- added people, like uh, they
1: added uh, like a like, hearthstone- prom- like a hearthstone player. Yeah. They
0: added like a prominent hearthstone shiver who was just another white yeah. dude but with <laughs> a bunch of followers. I, I, like, so, I, I mean, so. I, I, It didn't seem like it was a good faith argument of what they were doing. If they were trying to create a quality of opportunity, which I I, listen, I, I understand that in a perfect world, like everyone has access to, to everything, but it like, it literally, literally does not exist in any sport. Like maybe save, save something like basketball or soccer.
1: I think what people need to remember though, is that Watsi was striving to be, have a more inclusive, you know, pro scene not being out of like the goodness of their heart or anything like that. They were doing that because that's what the numbers show them is what their consumers wanted. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah. So let's, let's, let's be perfectly clear here. All of everything surrounding the pro scene, everything is to make wizards more money, right? But you have to, you have to keep everything that we're talking about here in the framework of Watsi is a business. It's Mm -hmm. their job to make, money. Yes. Yeah. That's that's, that's the job of every business. The way that they do that is by selling magic cards. mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what
1: I, that's what I wanted to bring up when you were saying before, like about them changing the the prize plan and you were saying it it was evil. I mean, what I wanted to say is like, well, that's just capitalism. And depending on your definition, you know, that might be equivalent, but
2: yeah, but like, but, but, but reneging on promises is, uh, not part of capitalism in my eyes. I mean, that's just uh, like outright lying. Um, and no,
1: reneging, not, on prom- re- reneging on a contract is definitely capitalism. You just do the cost-benefit analysis of, do I lose more money to potential legal fees or lawsuits or do I lose more money to uh, holding up this promise? And if I, the answer is lose more money to holding up the promise, I'm going to renege on the promise and I'm just going to swallow the legal fees because yeah, I did my cost-benefit analysis.
2: That's fair, and you know maybe they did do the cost benefit analysis, but I don't know if they uh, thought about what the impact was going to be to people not wanting to buy their products anymore because they're shitty people. <laughs> um, mm. And you know, quite frankly, that's the angle that I'm trying to take here. And you know, if enough people do the same thing, we can still enjoy the game just as much as we always have, mm. and uh, we still get to vote with our wallets. True.
0: Yeah, that's a hard that that I will say, like, I, I, I very much sympathize with your with your statement, because if I had friends who changed their lifestyle to chase a, you know, a prize pool that had been promised to them, and then all of a sudden that was taken away from them, or re- like reduced drastically, I would be com- absolutely livid, absolutely livid. Like, yeah, I, I, I putting myself in those shoes, I would be, I oh, I, I would feel probably exactly the same way you do, you, you feel Eric, like, Fuck that. Fuck that company. Like, I'm not giving them any more money. Like, I, I just I wouldn't care anymore. And uh, but I ju- I do think the hard sell right now and I'm not saying whether, you know, it, it's it's plausible or not is like there are 24, you know, essentially 24 people affected by that decision. And, you, you know, uh, there's n- it, it, it. I'm not trying to sound cold. It's just a very small amount of people who are affected by this decision, although it's a massive effect on their lives, like if they if they indeed like you know that was their that was their deal for a whole year was yeah. to prepare for this event like that's a huge deal you know if, if you think I think there'd it, be a bigger outrage if this was like um, affected more you know what I'm saying if it affected more people that, yeah, I mean, that's well, all that I mean. that
1: would be more just outrage because oh it affects me I'm gonna get mad I think just from exactly a, from a, yeah from a justice point of view I I don't think it makes any I think it actually is even worse that it's a small group of people because mm. it's a small group of people it was a guaranteed prize payout. Because even if you came in last place, you were still going to get X amount of dollars.
0: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm.
1: And that tells these people, you know, at that point in my mind, like I stopped thinking about that as a term. And I think of that more as like a job contract where your your, your job is to show up and play and like put on a show for people. And like, can you imagine if you like accepted a job offer and they're like, hey, you know what, we're going to pay you minimum $30,000. Uh, but you could get as much as $300,000. If you do really, really well, what you have to do is you have to, you know, spend all your free time training and learning all this stuff. So you're going to be really good at your job and make this money. And then you need to fly out to this location and you're going to do the job. And if you do the job well enough, you know, you're going to, you're going to get this huge bonus, but no matter what, we're going to still pay your base salary. And then, a couple months before you're like, all right, ready to go. And they say, oh, hey, actually, just kidding. We're gonna, you know, lower everything by 75%. Like if if you do that, at, if as an employer, and you were like contracted as an employee in that situation, you would get your ass sued. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just unfortunate that in this case, it's a, it's a tournament setting. It's not a, you know, an employment contract. You know, Wizards didn't have them sign any papers or anything like that. So you know, I'm not, I'm guessing there probably isn't much legal recourse in there that they can follow up on.
2: Yeah. Um, And just before sort of talking about that, like, I don't think, I feel like we didn't really close the conversation on the MPL special invites. Like my opinion on it is that ultimately it was not a big deal. And I would actually support them doing those sorts of things in the future. um, As long as it doesn't come with reduced spots in the MPL that are merit-based, mm. right? Because like, the, I think the context switches, or, or I guess the story changes a little bit when you are removing opportunity from people who, Uh, did earn it by having good tournament results that's that's sort of how i feel about it yeah i i get that like pulling over the hearthstone pro i mean it's just a marketing thing right they're trying to tap into a new new market and
0: i don't have a problem with that either all all let's be honest all the discretionary invites were marketing things that's really what it's about because they're selling a product right like so it really i don't believe that wizards was like oh we need to give these people the opportunity because they haven't had the opportunity this woman or this per whatever the case is, these people have not had the opportunity to play magic at a high level or by Dane of like things they cannot control, haven't had the opportunity. That's not what it's really about. Yeah. Because there wasn't Joe Schmo, nobody who made it into those events, right? It's all, they it's they all were all, all somebody segments. somewhere.
1: Every every invite is a market segment. Yeah. Like just yeah. as like the Hearthstone player so, was, was like, you know, the traditional straight white male uh, you know, market yeah. segment. It's like we're we just you're a bunch of Hearthstone players instead. So we're gonna grab you guys over.
0: <laughs> yeah. So I, I don't I don't it's been a long time since I've seen Watsy really make a step in the in a, in a direction I thought was admirable that was like really um done with pure intention do you know what i mean like i i just don't i don't expect that from them i just don't at this point yeah uh, and I, th- I think it speaks volumes about how they have treated their customers for honestly the last like four or five years like it, it's been it's gone progressively worse and worse it really has
2: yeah and i i feel the same way and it's just i can't take it anymore it, yeah like i i'm just i'm tired of this shit and I-
1: I feel most people feel that way. I think the problem is, is like going back to our analogy of breaking up with your drug dealer, it's really hard to quit crack, whether it's, you know, actual crack or cardboard crack.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, look, so I, I think most people who are listening to this probably don't know me, but for the people that do, they know that I am generally a very calm cool and collected person Mm -hmm. i try to think very rationally about things uh (laughs) level-headed and you know i took off work today just to sort of get all of my thoughts sorted out about Mm -hmm. this and just be like 100 sure this is what i want to do you know i I actually heard about the prize reduction i think it was on friday and i I couldn't think about anything else all weekend and i spent a lot of time thinking about it and, and that sort of thing and i just like I know that I'm making this decision to sort of disengage Mm -hmm. in a non reactionary place. Um, And like, it's not just like I heard about it. I'm like, I'm out. Right. Mm -hmm. It's like, this is a, this is a carefully considered thing that I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And uh, sort of on the note that a lot of other people feel the same way, I would encourage you to think about it in a, in a similar fashion. Like it's free you're allowed to like think about these things at absolutely no cost to you other than your time. Right. So I, you know, I would encourage people to one, join me if you can. Uh, And if you want to make modifications about how you engage or how you spend money in these sorts of things, feel free to, but this is about moving in a direction where Wanti makes less money off of us Mm -hmm. um, and not necessarily just having everybody do the, exact same thing and and that sort of stuff and i think if we can get a little creative um and uh, we can organize enough we can you know basically enjoy the game just as much as we always have Mm -hmm. um, and not have to feel bad about our money going to a company that is just they just don't have our interests in mind anymore yeah
1: yeah yep i think what you need to be careful of though is still supporting the lgs's Absolutely. Yeah. Um, But I mean, that's also why I kind of diversified my taste as well. I've started, you know, over uh, quarantine, I started to get really get into uh, like miniature painting. So like I love going down, I went down to gaming, etc, like three or four times over the course of the quarantine, not even to buy magic cards, but just to like buy paint for my minis (laughs) that they had on sale there. So, you know, even if you're gonna stop buying magic cards you know there's plenty of other stuff at the uh the lgs you can get and you know help support the lgs
2: yeah Mm -hmm. look i'm still gonna need to buy a lot of sleeves and i know that i'm gonna be buying those from the lgs when i can and again like i'm still gonna buy singles that have already been printed right so i you know i've I've been playing a lot of middle school recently and i I still need to buy cards from that i'm gonna try and do that from lgs's when i can Um, i've been doing it off of like websites a lot right now just because of covid but you know once things really open back up i'll i'll find an lgs around here and i'll try to buy from them exclusively but yeah y- like you can still find ways to support your lgs and mm-hmm. um and you can do it without buying sealed product and and all that sort of stuff and yeah i, I just really want to encourage people to do the same because as far as i'm concerned this is unacceptable and uh i hope other fe- other people feel the same way yeah
1: I mean, I crossed that line like probably two, three years ago. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I I know, I know I'm late to the party on this one. I I
1: just remember like griping about stuff like two, three years ago. And like people would come up to me at events and be like, man, you guys are just so negative on the last episode. Like, it's not that bad. And then a year later I see that same person and they're like, yeah, man, you're kind of right. It, uh, (laughs) it just kind of will continue to go downhill from here. I'm like, yeah, that's just kind of how it is. We're just, hanging on for the ride at this point
2: (laughs) yeah and i just i I, you know just to again sort of reiterate i've felt this way for a long time i just haven't really said anything about it uh because of quite frankly selfish reasons uh I'm yeah, not okay I mean, it, with that it, anymore.
1: It, it's hard. I mean, it, it it's a career. Like, it's your livelihood, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, don't I fuck, mean- Don't it, fuck it, with people's- it's, I mean, not, it's, not it's now, not. but like, it, it could have been is what I'm like. You yeah. wanted to make a career of it. Like, you wanted to work at Watsy. like be yeah. an, an actual person. And, and that's true. You know, uh, actions have consequences. And sometimes, you know, you got to put what you believe in kind of below your your financial goals. But eventually, you're right. It does just hit a breaking point and
2: you just can't do it anymore. Yeah. Tired of Watsi treating people like shit. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to give my money anymore.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I knew I was never getting a job at Watsi ever since they accidentally uploaded the episode of leaving uh, leaving a legacy with me, ripping a bong uh, to the Watsi homepage.
2: (laughs) that is not something i am aware of and i would really really like to hear the history on that at some point
1: Oh, uh, this was like this was like when leaving legacy was first getting started yeah, and
0: yeah
1: uh we had a less uh than attentive editor back then this was well before justin
0: yeah, uh, yeah our
1: run yeah. of editor now but our editor wasn't as attentive and did not edit out a certain <laughs> uh sound effect in the episode <laughs> and lo and behold that was the episode that Watsy defi- decided to feature in their like uh, article of like uh, content creators and like 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 Watsy spotlight. I forget on the mothership they used to have like every every week they would post an article of like different magic content creators and that was the week that they decided to feature leaving a legacy. <laughs> so. Funny click on the hasbro homepage navigate to wizards of the coast and then there's just a, a certain leaving a legacy episode with a uh, with a nice little sound effect in it that's where uh the the podcast uh kind of inside joke of we're just boiling pasta comes from yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're just boiling pasta
0: <laughs> oh man
1: uh so yeah but yeah i mean you gotta do what you gotta do sometimes to, uh, you know, keep the skeletons out of your closet.
2: Yeah, man, I'd rather die with a clean conscience.
1: Yep, there we go. That's like me. I, I, I have accepted that I can never be president, or maybe I can. You know, the world's changed a little bit in the last couple <laughs> years uh, compared to other stuff. So maybe, maybe we still there's still hope for us.
0: <laughs> oh man. Uh,
1: well uh do we want to take a look at the uh the challenge before we get out of here because there was a couple spicy decks that uh showed up this weekend
0: uh yeah if you have a couple you want to talk about i i haven't even looked at it to be honest with you but
1: so don't want to necessarily go through the whole thing here um but there was some some spice uh i got really excited uh at the number four list uh dice factory did you guys okay.
0: take a look at this no Oh, this is like a Karn deck core tapper. Interesting.
2: Oh, so this does this have a uh, Astral Cornucopia in it? Yes, it does. Yeah, this was a, a modern thing uh, originally. Really? Yeah, um, you just get to make ludicrous amounts of mana um, with uh, core tapper. key, Yep. Oh yeah. Interesting.
0: So, Jerry, you want to run down the list real quick?
1: Yeah, so uh, the deck is called Dice Factory. I'm guessing because you need like 30 million dice when you play this deck for all the tokens and counters. (laughs) Um, But it's got a full-on eight Karn list. Four Karn, Sian Four Karn, The Great Creator. Uh, Four Core Tapper, which is a uh, Modern Horizons 2 card. Uh, Two for a 1-1 uh, tap, put a charge counter on target artifact. Sacrifice core tapper, put two charge counters on target artifact. I actually believe that was originally printed in Mur- Mir- Mirrodin. Okay. Um, but that's pretty good. Uh, when you he- hear the rest of the deck, we got one walking ballista as the wind condition, uh, four astral cornucopia, four ever flowing chalice, one expedition map, four grim monolith, three manifold key, four mox opal, four mystic forge. Uh, wings of Bright uh, Heather, uh, what is that?
2: Brightheart. bright
1: Brightheart, thank you. Yep. Yeah, uh, four surge node and then three Voltaic Key. This thing is basically like mud on steroids. <laughs> <laughs> it's just make all the mana and then pour it all into the walking ballista and win the game that way. <laughs> um, it can win the game, you know. It does have other win conditions like the Fora Versus Saga, that definitely gives it some uh, some game. Um, and then also, you know, the Karns themselves can be a win condition, just pumping out tokens. So, yeah, I think this list is sweet. It seems super fragile, though. Like, this is one of those decks where it's like if your opponent opens a Force of will hand, you're just kind of screwed.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I think that's probably true because just looking at the deck, there's really only uh, 12 payoff cards. You have four Mystic Forge and then the eight Carns. Uh, and if you're able to deal with those, you know, it, like, if like you have days, spell pierce, force of will on your deck, like mm-hmm. you're going to do a pretty good job at dealing with this. The other thing is that the deck looks really soft to cards like Ancient Grudge uh, and any other mass artifact hate, which I don't know. I think I like if I was going to be playing a competitive legacy event, I'd be packing that sort of stuff right now because, um, like, I do think there's opportunities for Urza Saga to be really busted uh, mm-hmm. in this format. Maybe it hasn't found the right home yet. Um, and then the other thing is like, I don't know if you guys have paid t- paid attention to modern with all of the the Asmo food decks running around no yeah, they are they're fierce and it's at a power level that looks like it can um reach all the way back into legacy and,
0: really yeah
2: it, it's one of those things that looks fairly innocuous but you know making you know like a bunch of food and having an asthma in play is just super super um uh it's a very strong presence at a very low opportunity cost hmm. um How- yeah.
1: I'll tell you, Modern Horizons draft has really taught me to respect tokens. Uh, tre- treasure, food, uh, and clue tokens are a huge theme in Modern Horizons. Yeah. And I just, I, I, it really took playing that format to really open my eyes just how useful they can be and like how many cards interact with them and how many cards feed off of them. Uh, and I can definitely see a power jump like that, you know, making it into Modern or Legacy.
2: Definitely. Especially if people aren't prepared for it. Like... Um, like the first challenge after Modern Horizons uh, got won by Affinity, right? Because they were playing 4 Thought Cast, 4 Thought Monitor and like no one was playing Artifact Hate, Mm. right? Uh, So I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to make decks that are like Dredge, you know, because Dredge is really good when no one has sideboard hate for it. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I think that sort of the space for strange decks that attack from a very specific angle um, like the amount of those decks has just increased pretty significantly over the last couple of years. And like, you can show up on any given weekend with, I don't know, something like this. And if no one has ancient grudge in their sideboard, like you are going to be doing pretty well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah,
1: yeah it's true. It's true uh i do also like the urza saga i think that is a a key that was missing with the style of deck because oh yeah there's also
2: four saga in this deck as well yeah
1: like we said uh this deck is really soft uh not only to artifact removal but also just like force of wills and dazes if you're like that's how you beat these decks traditionally like i just remember that as a sneak and show pilot i'm like all right you can cast all the mana stuff you want you can make 80 bajillion mana but i'm force of willing any payoff card that you Mm -hmm. play and -hmm, i'm just going to win the game uh now with Urza Saga, because it's a land and cannot be countered, that really lets them get around that line of play and uh you know allows them to kind of snatch victory from the jaws of defeat in a lot of ways.
2: Yeah, and the other thing is that like uh the Urza Saga sort of plays two roles in the deck, right? One is that it it's doing what you said where it plays this like I'm making a bunch of dudes uh, to help win the game. But even if that fails for some reason, it it can still go fetch important pieces in the deck. Yeah. Um, Right. So like your Voltaic Key to make a bunch more mana and that sort of thing. So uh, this feels like a really well-built list as well. This is is cool. Yeah, definitely.
1: Um, So other than that, the other thing I wanted to talk about was... Uh, if you look in, uh, 26th place, we have good old Cobblade making a resurgence, (laughs) which I think is just awesome. Um, who do we have on a couple weeks ago? Uh, oh, Rich Callie, uh, Rich Callie was on, uh, back a uh, couple weeks ago and, you know, he predicted that uh, Cobblade was going to make a comeback.
0: Yeah. With, uh, <laughs> with <kinda> Squadron Hawk.
1: <laughs> Squadron Hawk with some of these interactions. And look, yeah. here we have it. Yep. Cobblade showing its head. I think it's uh, it's pretty cool to have the birds back in town.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it just sort of first reaction looking at this list, it's playing a lot of like traditional control elements, like all the things you'd expect. Force of Will, Sword Supply, service, Brainstorm, Ponder, uh, all four ofs. Um, but the, the big thing that jumps out to me is that it's playing for Prismatic Ending. Yeah, I was and looking at that card. That card
1: has been getting better and better. When I was yep. at FNM, everyone was talking about Prismatic Ending. It was huge. Like, I definitely think Prismatic ending's here to stay.
2: Yeah, and, you know, just I, honestly, I you know, I understand the allure of like casting Squadron Hawk and then chasing him back or Brainstorming him back and then doing it again and all, all that sort of stuff. But I think if you're interested in um, like an actual card advantage spell uh, there's probably other things to look to in, in Legacy. Um, you know, this deck is only playing two Snapcaster Mage, uh, so, you know, you, you might be able to increase the number of those. Um, and, you know, maybe you can even look to something like Accumul- Accumulated Knowledge, which I know people think that card is way past its prime, but, you know, it can still pull some weight.
1: Mm-hmm. So I noticed they're not even playing the payoff card from Modern Horizons for it, which was... Solitude? Uh, yeah, Solitude. Like, that's that's what was surprising to me. The reason why we thought uh, Squadron Hawk was going to make a comeback was to help recover the card disadvantage of Solitude, and instead, even though they're running the uh, the Squadron Hawks, they're still going for the prismatic endings over the Solitudes.
2: Yeah, it's very interesting because the... You'd think that those two cards were paired with each other at this point, but I don't know. There was probably some deck building decision that was made intentionally not to include solitude, but you know, when you're playing four swords, four prismatic ending, like you have a pretty strong removal suite already. So it might just, maybe you just don't need it.
1: Yeah, no, that's, that's fair point that it could be true that it just, you know, maybe he added the squadron hawk for solitude uh, was playing the deck, realized Solitude wasn't that
2: great, but Squadron Hawks was still a banger. <laughs> so
1: we're just going to keep the Squadron Hawks. Uh, but yeah, yeah so there, I, there's a lot
2: of cool lists in this, uh, in this event. Um, there's just a lot of people who are using new cards in ways that you would expect. Uh, mm-hmm. And honestly, there's, it looks like there's a lot of diversity as well. I, I, you know, yeah. Modern Horizons too. I think, has done a really good job at making impacts into the Eternal formats and, and not completely breaking them
1: yeah i agree what's this grixis channeler
2: list oh the the third place one
1: yeah oh it's just it's just grixis running dragon's rage channeler i was thinking channeler as in a a different
2: card yeah and um just a a couple of notes on on this list so i guess i'll run it down 10 creatures one brazen borrower four dragon's rage channeler three Gromag angler two plague engineer uh four expressive iteration, four ponder, four four brainstorm, four days, two fatal push, one force of negation, four force of will, four lightning bolt. Uh, and then the lands you would expect with four wasteland. Sideboard is two plague engineer, one fatal push, one abrade, one fluster storm, one Liliana, the last hope, two painful truth, three power blast, two surgical extraction, two Thoughtseize. Um, it seems like they're doing a, a pretty good job at trying to get uh uh Delirium up uh pretty quickly with their Dragon's Rage channeler so that way they can get sideways with it. Um but the the thing that I I that jumps out of to me about this list is for expressive iteration. That card is really, really good.
0: Mm. Yeah, we've seen that come up in a lot of blue red lists as well.
1: That's the other one, like that's the other card everyone was kind of buzzing about at FNM as well. Um, You know, everyone was borrowing Expressive Iterations, looking to get Expressive Iterations. You know, definitely something you want to pick up.
2: Yeah, you know, honestly, looking at this deck a little bit more, I I actually think it's probably looking to play a little bit longer of a game than like a traditional like Delver style deck, even though it is playing four days. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that is Expressive Iteration is essentially a three mana spell, right? Um, you can play it on turn two, but this deck doesn't have any uh, like actual zeros, like a Mishra's bobble or, or that sort of thing. Um, so, if you actually want to get the card advantage off of it, you have to play it off. You have to play it on turn three, so you can um, grab a land or or a one mana spell. Um, so, like just knowing that it means that it is trying to play a little bit longer of a game, and then it's, it's actually not playing Delver. Uh, so, I, I think it's just trying to get the sort of uh, I would say a sort of implied card advantage that you get from Dragon, Dragon Rage Channeler um, to play a little bit longer of a game, and then um, you can finish it off with a couple of Lightning Bolts. Yeah, this is a really cool list.
1: Yeah. Uh, Express Federation, $5 uncommon. Definitely pick them up sooner rather than later, guys.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah, Dra- Dragon Rage Channeler is good, man. That card is... We're, <laughs> you, you should own four copies because... <laughs> Like, it's it's a really strong card. You can probably print it into Standard. Uh, maybe not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Delirium's a lot harder to get in Standard just because there's no fetch lands uh, for the most part. Um, it, and it also has a keyword that I think they're probably not going to use super often. And it's, you know, it's going to see a lot of play in Eternal formats, I think, for a long time.
1: Mm. Yeah, I can see it. I can see it. Uh, but yeah, I'm overall pretty happy with Modern Horizons too. I'm actually excited on Friday. I'm actually doing my first paper draft in uh, over a year. Meeting to force with, squirrels. You know, of course, I'm going to force squirrels. I actually I feel bad for the people I'm playing with because uh, for most of them it's their first time even seeing Modern Horizons two. Like I don't even think they've even looked at the spoiler yet. And I think I'm on like draft number thirty five or thirty six wow. of Modern Horizons two. <laughs> yeah, I, I really enjoy this war- draft format. I've been drafting a ton of Modern Horizons two. Um, so yeah, I can't wait to just raffle, raffle stop them.
0: It's gonna be great.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, other than that, anything else in the uh, kind of the top eight or top 32 or anything you guys wanted to talk about?
2: Uh, wasn't anything that really stuck out to me. Nothing I think that's really interesting to note. There's uh, more endurances than I expected. That card's seeing quite a bit of play. Yeah, um,
1: that's like everyone's reaction, like, yep. Way more endurances than we had expected. <laughs> it's like all of a sudden, if, like Naturalize became a uh, four of in uh, main decks.
2: <laughs> yeah, if you if you're playing four main deck Naturalize in leg- Legacy, something has gone wrong.
1: <laughs> yeah, something <laughs> something has happened. <laughs>
2: uh, but true, true,
1: true, true.
2: It looks like there's a lot of good deck diversity too in Legacy right now, which is something that we've had problems with for for a while now with Delver being so strong. But there's a lot of people playing Mox Diamonds core tappers you know all the stuff you'd really want to see yeah
1: for sure for sure uh well i guess with that should we start wrapping it up fellas
0: sure yeah we can do that jerry do you want to get into scoops scoops who do you want to scoop in a top eight this week jerry
1: uh, I am scooping in all my bros that I'm gonna play uh, Magic Horizons draft with this Friday. I uh, Haven't seen them since before COVID happened, so I'm super excited to see all of them and plus sling some cards again. Just dope. you know, hang out in a backyard, drink some
0: beers, and sling some cards. It sounds awesome. I appreciate the invite. Thanks, man. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> it's not my event. <laughs> Well, Jerry, I thought everywhere you went, you get a plus one. Did you what? tell them you top eight at a GP? Did yeah, I, did. I did. You
1: I don't did. I did. Plus one for that. Yeah. They told me that uh wizards doesn't do the pro tour anymore. So it means. Oh,
0: nothing. gotcha. <laughs> gotcha.
1: Past accomplishes. Accomplishments mean nothing.
0: <laughs> How about you, Ari? Anyone, anyone you want to scoop in a top eight this week?
2: Yeah. Uh, A couple of weekends ago, I got to play my first uh, paper event again with the Romancing the Stones crew down here and definitely Mm -hmm. scooping all of them in. It was uh, just it was super awesome to see everyone again. Uh, And everyone was as bright and cheery as I would have expected. So, yeah, (laughs) definitely, definitely scooping them in. That's awesome. Good group of guys.
0: Nice. That's great. All right. Well, I guess that's it, Jerry, for this week, man. What about you, Pat? No scoops. I have no scoops, dude. I'm like roasting up here in this bedroom right now. My AC is not working. <laughs>
1: yeah. You you, got, you look like a tomato, <laughs> bro. I am just
0: roasting right now up here. It is not fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. all right, and, let's...
2: And, and scoops for romancing the stone and, and poops for, for Watsi corporate. Yeah. Fuck those guys. For sure. Yeah. That
0: goes all, that goes all the way
2: around. I think for sure. Fuck,
0: fuck the suits. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. <laughs> awesome. Well, Eric, thanks. Thanks for coming on again this week, man. I wish, I wish our main topic had been a little bit more, uh, uh you know positive but unfortunately yeah. sometimes you got to speak truth to power man
2: yeah man it's not a bright and cheery topic and it kind of sucks that it's coming at a time where things do feel overall positive mm-hmm. you know what i mean covid's mm-hmm. over people are totally. starting to play again like like going on the eternal the podcast a couple of weeks ago like it was a huge so like motivator fun. for me to like start yeah. playing magic again and like i was like I was hopping on leagues online and that sort of stuff and it's like this happened and uh i was just like you know what yeah, I understand all that good stuff is is still going to be able to happen, but like, we got to we got to talk about this. Yep. And we got to do it in a way that that's public and, and forward facing. So yep. I appreciate you guys having me on and, and sort of giving me a platform because absolutely I've gotten rid of social media and I don't have a podcast anymore. So I, I don't really have the opportunity for people to to hear what I have to say as much. And, you know, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, people can uh, sort of engage with it. Absolutely. Yeah. Are
0: you still on Facebook? Do you have Facebook?
2: Uh, So I don't, I don't have a Facebook. uh, I don't have a Twitter, uh, that sort of thing, but uh, you know, I am, (laughs)
0: yeah,
2: I I guess, uh, I guess that being said, you know, I am extremely open to sort of criticisms about my approach to things and uh, open to feedback uh, about uh, like how I'm approaching it and and that sort of thing. And I guess Mm -hmm. if, if you're interested in, in in sort of continuing the conversation, which I'm, I'm very open to, feel free to send me an email. Um, it's just ericvirgo at, at gmail.com. Uh, E-R-I-C, V as in Victor, E-R-G-O at gmail.com. Yeah. Awesome. That's the only way that you can reach me.
0: That's it. That's, That's it. it. Or by mail, but you're not I don't mail, give out your home address.
2: <laughs> P.O. Box, fuck you.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Oh, it just and made it me fuck- feel like I was back in Boston again. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Awesome. All right, well, thanks again for coming on this week, man. Um I hope you stay cool out there and uh it's we'll catch hot. you all. It's oh, so hot. It's so hot. Oh it's, so hot. <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot. All right, and we'll catch y'all next week, guys. Bye.